Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of E Squared. I'm your host, Eze Tiff, and I want to say thank you so much to my returning listeners and to my first-time listeners, you are welcome too. E Squared is a faith-based platform redefining the way young professionals work in excellence. With this podcast, we're creating a space where we have transparent and transformative conversations about the challenges we face in doing so. And I can't wait for y'all to join us in this conversation we're having today. So let's hop right into it. We are in conversation with Tekna today. So excited to have you. Hey, Tech. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So thank you for joining us in this conversation. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your occupation, and some things that you like to do. Okay. Hey, everybody. My name is Tekna Barrett. I graduated from the University of Georgia. Um, I'm 25 years old. I graduated in 2016. I'm currently a um, teacher in high school. I'm a Spanish teacher. Um, I'm passionate about ministry, music, songwriting, artistry, all of that. Awesome. So you are an educator now. Yes, I am. So was being an educator always in your plan while in college? Absolutely not. It was oh. not. <laughs> it was not my plan. Starting college, like, I definitely was pre-med. In my head, it's like there were only three options. There was the um, there was being a doctor, there was being a lawyer, and there was being an engineer. So mm-hmm. I went for the one that was most prestigious and um, and money so it's like in my head I was like that's how to be successful so oh. that's what I'm aiming for so that stuff kind of fell apart and um, it's really crazy how it happened but and then I smoothly just became an educator so being set in place to you know lead up to medicine yeah how, how did you feel graduation season like how did you feel graduating were you excited were you anxious for what was to come how was that for you graduation season was actually torture for me like I don't think that I reflected that on my face or expressed that and how I acted but am I like but I wasn't pleased with myself I was not um satisfied with my achievement at the time because it's like I definitely undermined the fact that I was graduating or like I undermined my degree as well it's like I knew like being able to speak a couple of languages was like a gift that God gave to me. And in my eyes, it wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. it's like I projected how I felt. It's like I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to be doing medicine just like everyone. I wanted to do something so impressive. You know what? To I wanted to do something that I felt and knew that everyone around me would deem as impressive and like just, you know, a high achievement. So... Um, when I ended up not doing that, um, the day of my graduation, I was like, really, I kind of like dragged my feet the entire time. Like, wow. I didn't really want my parents to come to like the uh, the little pre-graduation ceremony thing that you have for your um, actual department. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I accomplished anything. So I was like, why should they just drive two hours just to come to this and then drive another two hours on the day of graduation? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's like, then the actual day of graduation. I still wasn't even excited. Like, um, there was Ryan Seacrest coming. I didn't care. Like, I loved him, but I didn't really <laughs> care. Um, like, I had my family coming in. And in my head, I felt like I failed because I did not do or I did not fulfill that that desire of getting into, getting into medical school at the time. So, yeah. Mm. So, what was driving you? Like, why were you so pressed 
for medical school because you know ambition is not necessarily a bad thing but yeah. it, it's always good to check our heart behind our drive so what would you say the heart behind your drive was wow for me like I didn't know it at the time but definitely the heart behind my drive was um one the fear of man me being too scared to explore what I really wanted to do and being mm -hmm. scared that I would not be accepted and two um just wanting to impress people one it's like I wasn't solid enough in my view of myself that mm. I felt that I needed someone else to think something of me in order for me to believe it. So yeah. it's like I wanted um, I wanted other people to think I was smart so that I could finally believe that I was smart. So it's like I just I was craving um, de I was definitely craving um, affirmation and validation yeah. from others. Would you say wow? That's so would you say you were chasing prestige? Would you say you were chasing purpose? Like <laughs> what? I definitely was not chasing the ladder. I was definitely chasing prestige. Like I wanted something that would like constantly demand respect. Wow. I, I just wanted to be seen as accomplished no matter what. Because no one hears the word doctor and doesn't think, oh, this person is right. accomplished. You know, I wasn't really concerned about purpose. It's like when I, even when I would pray to God about what I would do, I wasn't actually really listening. It was like mm. those type of prayers that you pray, but um, you don't really try to listen back because you're scared of the answer. And you wow. just like, you just try to go with what you plan to do in your heart all along, you know? So I felt like I was holding on to something, definitely. And I felt like I was going against, I felt like I was going against the way. Like I felt like there was a lot of resistance in what I was doing. Mm. The funny thing is like my parents never forced that on me. However, like me being that, but that was all that I was around. Um, like a lot of my friends were pre-med and like a lot of people in my culture, like I just wanted to be part of that. I was too scared to stand up and I was too scared mm -hmm. to find out what it was that made me stand up. So. Wow. And that is such a generational mindset, you know, like that medicine is the only way to wealth or law or whatever else, you know? So. Yeah when you started realizing that pattern and realizing that, okay, I need to get rid of this mindset, were there other generational mindsets that you find yourself moving away from um, Absolutely. in order to get, yeah. Yeah, like the next biggest thing for me was getting rid of this belief that risks are not worth taking. Mm. And because um, like I learned like, it's like after a lot of self-reflection, I had to really think, so what is it about these, the Holy Trinity, what is it about law and medicine and engineering that like that causes my culture to just gravitate towards it and almost like, you know, worship it in a sense. And I realized that it was a stability that they're looking wow. for, which can even stability can be an idol, which is kind of crazy, right? And mm -hmm. um, it was like that idea of like, that like craving that straight path it's yeah. like um like a lot of us we crave stability and we crave being able to micromanage our future so for certain types of careers you like you know the you know the um salary you're gonna have when you graduate oh no you know the salary you're gonna have when you start working in that career you know the steps to take you know if you're doing medicine you know you got to take your mcat um around your junior year if you mm -hmm. want to get into med school and um, go in right after, um, you know, your senior year, 
you know what um classes you have to take in order to be prepared to take the MCAT. Like there's like a straight path, you know exactly what to do. Same thing for law, you know, you gotta take the LSAT, you know, you gotta do this. Like, you know, whatever it is, you know exactly what you have to do and when you have to do it by. But there's not so much of the unknown. There's a lot less of the factor of the unknown when you're doing certain careers versus doing something that doesn't have a blueprint. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So a lot of times, you know, when we are experiencing certain things, we kind of let that shift the way we view God. And even with um, your life, just kind of looking at applying to schools and being rejected and all of these other things, right? A lot of times we can, we allow our experiences to shape the way that we view God or God's <laughs> character for us. And, you know, these are things that we actually just don't talk about, you know? Or yeah, we you're just, right. We, we, we'll probably like leave it alone or leave God alone altogether. But the truth of mm-hmm. the matter is we're really not alone in our misconceptions. And these, these are very pivotal times um, in our relationship with God. So what did, what did you begin to think about God um, through your experiences and how did wow. you get through that? Wow. Okay. So for me, I remember like when I, when I first applied to medical school, I believe I applied to either 12 to 14 schools, got rejected by all of them. And I'm like, at that point, I'm just like, okay, God, like, do you still like me? Did I do something wrong? (laughs) So I'm just like, all right. And then it's like, I get to the point where, so, okay, after that, after that rejection and all of that, I start working as a Spanish medical interpreter. And then um, as I'm working as a Spanish medical interpreter, I am now exposed to, nurse practitioners and Mm -hmm. like all these other like you know types of people who work in the healthcare field psychiatrists and um and clinical psychologists and all these other people um you know all these other people in the field of medicine and then i'm like thinking to myself hmm maybe i'm called to do medicine but do it as like a nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so so then i applied to this program um that's like an accelerated nurse practitioner program where you get your bn i'm sorry you get your yeah your bachelor's in nursing you become an rn and then you go straight into um you know getting your doctorate so you can no your master's so you can become like a nurse practitioner so the thing about that program was that i I needed to take two more classes so i signed up and paid for well, my parents paid, but I signed up <laughs> and um, and enrolled in these two anatomy classes so that I could qualify to at least apply for the program. And while I am in the in the dirt of it, like literally in the midst of all these classes, I find out I'm on the waiting list and I'm taking like two of the hardest classes like in the world. Anatomy one, anatomy two. At the same mm-hmm. time with the labs, I was literally wow. in class from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m literally Mm. working my butt off like believing in faith okay i'm gonna get in this program so Mm. um the time comes where um they finally tell me they hit me up and they tell me hey um you know you didn't get in and i'm just like wow after being on the wait list doing all that after that that's literally when i was like okay at that point i stopped believing that god had good plan for me and okay god if i can do all of this I literally exercise my faith. I know that faith is what motivates you. I know that faith is the thing that gives you like the breeding ground for miracles. 
and all of this. And I'm just like, okay. And I gave you all of that. And this is what I get in return. So at mm. that point, I start thinking, okay, I'm, I must not be as favored as everybody else. Um, I see other people around me excelling. And I'm just like, okay, so God, like, <laughs> do you have it out for me? Like, what is it? Like, did I forget to tithe? Um, like, what, Lord, like, what is it? And at that point, I was just confused as, like, to what God, like, God had for me. Because I know Jeremiah 29, 11, everyone always quotes this. He has plans not to um, harm us, but to prosper us and give us future and a hope. But that just did not seem true at the moment. But I learned, um, but I learned at that time that um, if your view is not being challenged, if your if your perception is not being challenged, you can never learn. Like mm-hmm. that's what school is. That's what we all do in school. Like what we thought to be true, it gets challenged by higher knowledge, and we have to learn to accept that and learn like why that's true, and why our way of thinking is not. That's literally what learning is: learning new habits and getting rid of old ones. And um, so, like, in that moment, in that season, I was exposed to what I really thought about God. And God mm-hmm. was like, okay, so now that we know that this is what you think of me, or now that you know that this is what you think of me, what are we going to do to get past this? What are we going to do to, for you, you know, for you to learn the truth? And that took mm-hmm. me having to be more open-minded. Like, okay, just because I haven't, I can't even say I haven't experienced God's goodness in that area. Just because I didn't see God to be good in that area didn't mean that he wasn't being good or didn't have something better for me. Yeah. It took like a maturing, like, you know, maturation of like my thought process and like what I saw as successful as well. That's beautiful. God actually truly has bigger and better plans for us, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe when we make him Lord of our lives as believers, we give him the authority to get us to those plans in whichever way that looks like. And, you know, it may be a closed door, yep. some rejected applications, but we give him authority to take us to those good plans, pretty mm-hmm. much to form us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. That reminded me like you actually just reminded me one of my favorite um, verses is actually in Isaiah 43. And in that mm-hmm. verse, it says, Jacob, I created, but Israel, I formed. And later in that scripture, it talks about how when you pass through the fire, you will not, no, when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. When you pass through the waters, you will not drown. You will not be over, overcome. You will not be overwhelmed, whatever translation. And it's like in that, I learned that you cannot be formed unless you go through the water and you go through the fire. Like God uses circumstances to form us. And wow. like the difference is, it's like, a creation is just that in itself. Like it's yep. exactly how he yes. is, how whoever the yes, person yes, is. Yes. But to be formed is to actually allow yourself to be molded. It's allow yourself to get away from your default setting in order yeah. to go towards the purpose that God has for you. And you literally cannot be formed without fire. Like yeah. clay cannot be made into a vase without fire, you know, yeah. or like anything that's being formed. Like a lot of times you need water to make something grow and like mm-hmm. you cannot be formed unless you allow yourself to be and like unless yeah. you do you'll be stuck and be where you were since who knows years ago right that default setting exactly. and, I, and I think uh, that scripture man it's so beautiful I literally had to search up the definition of create and form because reading it 
I'm like, okay, well, why are both words here? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. And like you said, to create, I thought it was simply just to put into existence, right? Which a, a lot of us are before we give our lives to Christ. Yeah. And then we're formed, which is where you give shape or visible structure to that creation. Um, so we're formed in the process. Absolutely. <laughs> we are formed in the process. So how did how did you allow God to begin forming you? Like, what did that look like for you? <laughs> for me, the biggest thing that looked like for me was like getting rid of fears. Like one of my um, favorite verses is like Psalm 34, verse four. And David was talking to, um, you know, David was talking to us. He says, I sought mm-hmm. the Lord until all my fears were gone. It's like that verse is so powerful because it's like it's it's telling you like the secret to losing your fear, the secret to evolving as a person is seeking the Lord. Like there's also a verse that says like, you know, there's no fear and perfect love. Like if we actually have a loving and intimate relationship with God, that means our fear should not be able to coexist in that relationship. Yeah. That fear has to be stripped away. So the thing is, if you are still actually scared of the same things, from five years ago, from two years ago, from one year ago, you have to ask yourself whether your relationship with God is actually intimate and whether you are actually encountering like the one and only like true God. Because if you are mm-hmm. resting in his love, like those fears have to go away because they, yes. they can't stay. So like we have to be evolving as people. David knew that. That's why he said, I sought the Lord until all my fears were gone. Like, the secret place is a place where to go if you want to mature, if you want to change, and if you want to be formed. So, like, that's mm-hmm. what my process looked like. Getting rid of fear, getting rid of the fear of man, and just learning how to hold on to what I know God said about me and to me and not caring what others, what other people's opinions were about that thing. My God. And that can be, that can be very scary, you know, because a part of getting rid of that fear like you said earlier, is taking risk and, yep. you know, just allowing yourself to be in uncertain spaces. Mm. And, you know, when, when I think about uncertainty and just uncertain spaces and life in general, I kind of like to think about an amusement park, right? And so if I saw a roller coaster ride that just mimicked a straight line all the way across, I would not get on that ride, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, what's the I'm fun in sure, it? Yeah. Right. That line will be empty. Nobody is trying to get on that ride. And for me, it's because I know exactly what to expect the whole entire time, right? And yeah. and I look at life the same way. You know, if you're on a roller coaster with no hoops, no nothing to look forward to, what's the point, yeah. right? And that's yep. and and I think the the low points, um, in those in those rides for me are those level those levels of uncertainty. Absolutely. It just gives yeah. you a a place where you can look forward to God being your shepherd, wow. being your waymaker, you know, being your provider, and all of these things. So. I feel like through in, embracing those moments of uncertainty, we discover God and ourselves in new ways. Wow. You know? Wow. Absolutely. I, I also like to look at the life of Jesus. He was also a figure that embraced process. It's not like God is telling us to embrace the process and he himself didn't do that. Absolutely. Yeah. With his life, um, we see that he, there were certain steps that he took before reaching purpose, right? Yeah. He was originally, mm-hmm. he was a carpenter. Yeah. And in that time, he learned so much. He had time to work with the broken and make make things to perfection and all of these things that he would be doing with souls, fixing broken things, wow. right? Yeah. And it, it, wow. it taught him uh-huh. so many different things. So with you, what does that process look like for you? Like which 
stage do you feel like you're in now? Um, and how are you embracing that? Because a lot of times we see that, okay, God is calling me to minister. Give me the mic right now. You know, like we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to be a carpenter for however many years, you know, before we actually start working in where we need to be. Wow. So what, what does that look like for you? Um, I think my story looks a lot like Jesus in that sense. Like, cause the funny thing is like from the years of 12 to about 30, we have no idea what Jesus was doing. Like there's a verse that says like in Jesus doing stature and wisdom and we don't hear about, and I think that was like towards the end of like where um, like his parents found him like at the Mm -hmm. temple or whatever. And it's like, we don't hear anything after that until he was 30. So it's like we like from 12 to 30, we hear nothing about what's happening in the silence concerning Jesus's process. Then from 30 to 33, three years we have like the most impactful things written about Jesus's records, like all up in the Bible. And it just shows like how much like that the important thing is actually where God was in the middle of the process. Like for me, it's like, that looks like what I'm doing now. It's like I'm yeah. a teacher right now. I'm doing something that seems ordinary right now, but at the same time, I know I'm preparing to later, um, you know, um, write songs to preach, to teach, you know, do all these things that I, can't wait to do things I'm passionate about but I know Mm -hmm. I'm not completely ready to be fully launched like Jesus was fully launched when he was 30 it's like okay oh I get to meet some cool people here and there I get to meet some people I've looked up to as worship leaders pastors all my life like I'm like wow it is amazing that God has given the opportunity to come into the same room as these people and it's like but at the end of the day I still have to go home and like work on my craft. I still have to go home and prepare myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time I see them, I'm inspired, but I'm also reminded that I have a long way to go. And a responsible person yeah. is going to tend to that craft. Like David himself, when David killed um, Goliath, he didn't go straight to the palace and try on robes. Like he didn't mm-hmm. do all of that. <laughs> he literally. Look, let, me, look, let me see if this fit. What color? <laughs> <laughs> he look. didn't try no crown either. Like for real. Mm -hmm. He literally just went right back to what he was doing. He went right back to the fields, continued shepherding and um, was also running errands for his older brothers. Like he didn't, he didn't act brand new. He didn't do any of that. So that's literally what my season is like. It's like, I can see where God wants to take me, but at the same time, it's like, there's still a little tension between like where I'm going, where I am now and where I've been. So it's like, I Mm -hmm. still have to like really, really prepare myself to enter into that and not allow what I'm doing right now to overshadow my preparation either. All right. So just moving forward, when we talk about pursuing purpose, right. And moving out of fear and all of these great things that can be hard. A lot of times as human beings, we like to be affirmed by others. If we're not receiving that, we're probably, you know, second guessing the direction that we want to move into. So talk me through what that was for you. That was something I really had to come to terms with. So for me, I had to move away to Tennessee, Mm. knowing that it was like God's plan for me, knowing that it was a voice like that, that God wanted me to do that, to join like this um, international ministry. It was like Eddie James ministry. And I went to go do that for a year. Meanwhile, leading up to that, everything was chaotic. Like, I mean, I could have done things a little better, kind of prepared my parents a little better, but it's just like, I didn't 
I didn't know what how to go about it. It's like, okay, God told me this. I know my parents won't agree. I know people around me are gonna think I'm crazy or that I'm throwing my life away to like go and do something that sounds so uncertain. But for me, it's like I had gotten to the resolve that okay, I know God said this, so I just have to do it, whether people think I'm crazy or not. And like for example, I had to go back and reread things in the Bible, like Noah building the ark. When there was no rain coming and everybody was laughing at him, there was Joseph who had his dream and like none of his family believed that he would like, you know, rise to royalty and like be a commander, mm. second in command over Egypt. And like people just thought his dream sounded crazy. And then there was Abraham who had to move to another country to get what God like had in store for him. And it's it's a like, trend. I was exactly I was seeing a trend between all these great people in the Bible. And that trend was their ability their ability to obey God, even when other opinions were against what they heard God say they should do, or even wow. when other people were going against what they said, even when other people would speak death over like what um, they knew they were called to do. So um, like for me, it was difficult because um, my parents definitely cried when I told them I was moving away. Like normally, like I, I can be like very sensitive to how other people feel. Like, normally that would have just been like, you know what, it's okay. Just so you guys stop crying, I'm not going to do it. But it's like, what, what? the fact that I knew that God, like, was leading me to do this thing, wow. I was just like, I just couldn't be moved by anything. And I knew that it was a crucial and vital part of my destiny. And, like, I remember coming across um, John chapter 5 where Jesus was like, I don't need your validation. I don't need your affirmation. And it's like, it's mm. funny because it's like some things can seem so minute to you in the Bible, but like when it's applicable to like the season in your life, it's just like, whoa, like it just hit me completely yeah. different. Like this is actually yeah. something that's vital for all believers to come to terms with. It is vital for every believer to learn how to hear the voice of God and not waver when um, circumstances say differently or not waver when other when other people speak differently or cannot see what god sees for you or cannot see how you see what god sees for you or don't understand that no yeah that is beautiful i think that's one of my favorite pieces of scripture as well you know jesus literally said your approval means nothing to nothing. me yeah and and the jewish leaders were just harassing him exactly. and questioning who he was but he heard god mm. he says my father has already testified about me wow. and that wow, alone wow. gave yeah. him the strength you know, to say that and push forward with his business. That's exactly who we're called to be like. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, it's so it's so powerful, like you said, for us as believers to come to terms with that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and someone who is like, like, have you, like you've seen it before, like someone who's not confident in what they believe. You can tell them something and they're like, oh, okay, I changed my mind. But Jesus did not waver. Right. And even the scripture says that Abraham did not waver under like mm. when he had the promises of God he did not waver and like wow. someone who is convinced will not waver period yeah so you have to be someone who cannot be convinced otherwise when God tells you something or has shown you something and I and I think the the power in that is knowing knowing that God has told you to do that exactly. right because had God not said anything to Jesus you know well he's perfect so let's use somebody else right so <laughs> Hey, God not said anything to Noah. It's like, all right, let me put these nails down because, yeah, no rain is coming. Right. You know, I do look kind of crazy out here building this boat and draw on dry land, right? <laughs> but because yeah. he was set on what God told him, he completed, you know, his purpose, what he was 
here to do. And I think a lot of times when we do hear by bystanders talking, you know, sometimes they may be speaking death with, I guess I would say good intention, you know, just yes. really oh, that is you. perfect. Speaking death with good intention. It's crazy, right? But Wait, that, gotta, that has to be like a song lyric or something. <laughs> no, no. <I'm, laughs> wait, we are on to something. Wait. Look, give me credit. Give me credit. <laughs> wait, I'm, I'm literally writing that down right now. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of times people can be speaking death with good intentions. But my question for you is, how do you forgive those people? And what's the importance of doing that? Wow. I think the the main and most pivotal part in forgiving other people who like spoke death or did not believe the vision that God gave you is losing. Um, it, it, I feel like that happens naturally in the process because in that process that God has you, you're losing that attachment to human validation and human affirmation. And like, that's the only reason you wouldn't forgive somebody in the first place because it's like, you're so bound to like, what they think about you you're so offended by what they think about you that you just can't forgive them Mm -hmm. and it's like if you don't care anymore and like god is the only person whose validation you live for you have mercy on them for not being able to see what god has put on your life so it's like honestly (laughs) it's like it it should be simple at that point because it's Mm -hmm. like you can't you shouldn't blame them for not being able to see they're not god they're not your creator yeah and if they're not your creator they don't know Mm. everything they're designed to do so it's like how can you fault them for not being your creator if anything like just do it if they see it awesome and a lot of times god will shut oh wow a lot of times god will shut the eyes of on um, those people around you so that you can have enough faith to pursue what's called you to do mm. and show you that you don't need the validation of others there's a scripture in judges 14 verses 4 it says his father and mother didn't realize the lord was at work in this creating an opportunity to work against the philistines who ruled over israel at the time so like this is a scripture about samson's parents and what happened was like he Mm. wanted to do something that his parents did not agree with they weren't able to see and understand that the lord was actually doing something for the benefit of the entire nation through their son samson like what i want to say with that is that it is very very possible that those over you and those around you will not always see and understand what God wants to do in your life. And you can't take mm. that as a sign that, oh, you know what? I guess I'm not meant to do this. You have to be sure about what God is telling you to do. And you have to go with it. You have to go with it and obey. All right. So let me ask you, what does excelling and exhaling look like for you now? What does that mm. mean to you? Excelling and exhaling. Think of like, I think of it as just being able to do what you're called to do, but not being stressed because like God's hand is all over it with, and like mm-hmm. his favor and his grace is like so rich on your life that you're just able to also take a step back and watch God work. Mm. So it's like, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be any struggles ever. Right. Definitely. But it, it, but there's a certain level of grace and a certain measure of favor that'll be on you when you're doing what you're called to do and then when you're in your purpose versus when you're just doing something to gratify your flesh Mm. and i can't let you go without asking you to leave us with three main takeaways from your process three things that you learn from embracing your process Woo. okay so number one um getting rid of the fear of man i feel like that is crucial 
to mm-hmm. learning to see yourself how God sees you and to actually receive mm. it. Like that takes work. It's not something that happens overnight. It's literally mm. renewing your mind over and over again, letting go of low self-esteem, letting go of disappointment, letting go of rejection and deciding to know and believe that God is truly good and has the best things planned for your life. Until that happens, you can't walk in that goodness. So mm. three, if I had to say a third thing, what would it be? Um, a third thing would, would be not despising the day of small beginnings. Mm. Like don't um, be ashamed of where you are in your process right now. Nobody has created you. Nobody else understands as much as they talk, they don't understand where you should be right now. Mm. That's between you and God. And God is a redeemer of all lost time. So um, whatever you think you lost, like it's never too late for you to get on track and for God to bless what you're doing. So just do that. Follow God and just just, just chill. Just chill in his presence. Relax in his presence. That's my third thing. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of E-Squared. If anything said resonated with you in any way, please share your feedback with us and also share this podcast with a friend. Thank you, and we'll catch you in the next episode.